Welcome to The Briefly, the podcast companion to The Briefly's New York City email newsletter, which you can subscribe to at thebriefly.com. I'm your host, Rob Blatt. Let's jump into today's podcast edition. On this week's podcast edition of The Briefly, I was joined by Gabe Henry. Gabe is a writer, editor, and manager of the Brooklyn comedy venue Littlefield. He's published two books, What the Fact, 365 Strange Days in History, and Eating Salad Drunk, Haikus for the Burnout Age by Comedy Greats. The book Eating Salad Drunk contains over 100 haikus written by some of the biggest names in comedy, drawings from New Yorker cartoonist Emily Flake, as well as a forward by stand-up comedian and actor Aparna Nacherla. It's available anywhere books are sold, and I encourage you to go to your local independent bookstore and pick up a copy. In today's conversation, we'll talk about eating salad drunk, managing a comedy venue during the pandemic, identifying haikus in everyday life, if Gabe is sick of haikus yet, and more. Without more waiting, let's jump into my chat with Gabe Henry right now. Gabe Henry, welcome to the Briefly Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Rob, thank you for having me. So you come to us today with what I'm going to say, I'll look it up right now, and it is the number one new release in Japanese poetry and haiku hardcover. There you are. The editor and curator of Eating Salad Drunk, Haikus for the Burnout Age by Comedy Greats is the title of the book. Now, I have one question for you regarding this book. Mm -hmm. Who do you think you are to assemble a book with this <laughs> many contributions from comedians? I'm a very, very small person in the context of all the, the names that have been involved. I had this idea about four or five years ago. It took till the beginning of the pandemic for me to pull the trigger. I, uh, I started with a few personal connections I had through Littlefield. I started reaching out to people with this very early preliminary idea for the book. Kind of grew in the early days of the pandemic while everyone was home, while all the comedy clubs were closed. And then it slowly took on a life of its own where people started reaching out to me. Bigger and bigger names were interested in being a part of it. I got a wonderful illustrator on board, Emily Flake, who's a, a New Yorker cartoonist and a, a Littlefield performer and a, and a good friend. And um, the book idea was sold to Macmillan, and suddenly I'm holding it in my hands and it's a real thing. It was a whirlwind. So to answer your question, I don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and the book, uh, while we're playing around it, the book is a book of haikus. Correct. Written by comedians, the contributors. Correct. Uh, listing the some of the highlights of the contributors, Jerry Seinfeld, Michael Ian Black, Aubrey Plaza, Margaret Cho, Maria Bamford, Ray Romano, Aparna Nacherla, Chris Gethard, Sashir Zamata. It keeps going and going and going. Yeah, we have about 100 or so contributors to the book, totaling about 200 or so haikus. Definitely heavy on uh, Brooklyn comedians, definitely heavy on Littlefield regulars. But a lot of L.A. people, too, a lot of people who are more known for television, it kind of runs the gamut. It was just uh, everyone who was game for this and whose livelihood depends on comedy and making people laugh um, is was included. And for those who are unfamiliar, Littlefield is what? Littlefield is a Brooklyn performance venue, mostly doing comedy, a lot of music. We are in Gowanus and we've been around for about 12 years. 
I personally have been with Littlefield in different roles for about five years. In the last two or three years, primarily as the manager, partially as a booker, and I also produce some shows there. So why haikus? Well, the farthest back I can trace it in my life is I remember writing funny haikus with my friends when we were in high school. Stupid haikus. Things that wouldn't really pass muster now, but they made us laugh. And I guess I always had this in the back of my mind. The idea of trying to write something within constriction, it becomes a little bit of a challenge, a little bit of um, how much can you do with a little bit with small amount of space. So I think a few years ago, I thought this would be my book idea. This would be, well, this would be a book I would write. And I tried and I wrote a few funny haikus and I realized it was, I wasn't that good at it actually, but I had just started working at Littlefield at the time and I was surrounded by these famous, hilarious, funny people. And I thought maybe instead of writing it myself, I'll ask the literal funniest people in the world to write it and see what they think of it. Um, in a, in a literary sense, I do really like language. I do really like challenge, challenging writing. Well, writing that's becomes kind of a game or a puzzle. There's this type of writing called, I think it's called lipograms in which a particular letter is avoided. Like an entire novel will be written without the letter E or without the letter O. And it's just a puzzle. It, it's more, <laughs> it's a little bit more for the author. Um, and then uh, Shakespeare had similar constraints. He was writing for 10 syllables per line. And this idea of syllable restriction has always been with me. And it just so happens that haiku was on my mind at a certain period of, of my life. There's also something very modern about haiku, even though it's an ancient form of poetry. There's something about our small restrictive social media platforms, things like Twitter and TikTok that are very short, that are very concise. And there's something I feel about haiku that's more modern than, let's say, a sonnet. So it all kind of lined up in the last few years, and it kind of just made sense for this time. Plus, I think that asking uh, all of these folks to contribute a sonnet would probably require a little <laughs> bit more work. Yeah, I don't think Jerry Seinfeld would have been down for that. <laughs> Are you yet sick of haikus is really the question next. <laughs> I'm I'm totally sick of it. I don't want to see another one as long as I live. <laughs> Good to know. So if you're approaching Gabe, don't start with a haiku for him. No, definitely not. Have you started hearing the 575 in your head as people speak to you? <laughs> yeah, I do. Sometimes I'll read through Twitter and I'll I'll see a tweet and I'll know before I've counted the syllables, I'll know, wow, that's 17 syllables. I just feel the beat <laughs> in my, in, I feel the rhythm in my body. <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse. This happened to me last week. There's this new Netflix show that I started watching that came out last month with, um, what's her name? It's, it's a long-winded satirical title called The Woman in the House Across the Street. From the girl in the window. Yes, yes. You heard of it? Yeah. Starring uh, Kristen Bell. It's a haiku. Oh. <laughs> and I was I looked at the title on, on Netflix last week and I just I just knew it instinctively. And of course I then I counted out the 
the syllables, and there it is, 17 syllables, 575. I am uh, trapped, is what I'm saying. It is following you for sure. <laughs> of the time that you said that you were at Littlefield, obviously half of it at this, almost half of it at this point, is pandemic, the impetus for the getting the book off the ground. But in addition, those 2020 through 2022 at this point, it must have been a stressful time in the life of a manager at a venue. It was very difficult. We did everything that every other venue was trying. We did Zoom shows. We sold $5 tickets to Zoom comedy, basically just trying things to stay relevant somewhat in the industry, not necessarily trying to make a profit off anything, but we needed to stay in communication with our audience for that 14-month gap. It was... To be honest, when it was happening, it's it's hard to get back into that mi- mindset of what it felt like in those first few months of COVID. But I really never thought Littlefield would reopen. I just thought I could never, I couldn't even imagine it. And then we started slowly reopening last April, I think, with some tight restrictions. We capped at fifty people capacity, which is a fifth of our our normal two fifty. Everyone was masked. It was a slow reopening. And now we're back to full capacity. We're an all-vaccinated venue. I feel like finally now, a year after reopening and two years after shutting down, it feels a little bit more normal again. So you're you're getting to a place where, well, at least it's normalized. I'll say normalized. It's it's a it's a semblance of normalcy. The people coming have been receptive to, let's say, the restrictions that are necessary at points yeah for the most part every i think our our whole loyal fan base is is well on board with all our cautiousness and restrictions vaccines of course now we're we're more of a mask optional venue based on the new york state policy aside from the rules although i will say that i think that littlefield is one of the earliest venues to institute a mask policy before it was state law. I do think that in our neighborhood, we were one of the first to try reopening. So that makes sense that we would have been the first to try the mask mandate. It's always our venue policy that overrides any state policy. So even if um, the state said, you don't have to require vaccinations anymore, it still comes down. We still defer to the policy of the owners and it's going to if they want to keep vaccines in place, then that's the way it would be. And how was it for how that's how it was for the venue? But how has it been for you this entire time? It, it I, you know, you always have to keep um, perspective. Uh, as difficult as it was working while Littlefield was closed, I mean, there, there were still things I was helping out with at Littlefield, and it, it wasn't my. I wasn't managing shows. I wasn't doing what I really love, but you have to keep some perspective. I was healthy. I was, my family was relatively healthy and Littlefield didn't shut down like so many other venues did. So compared to what other people were going through, Littlefield was, we were staying alive. But personally, what I really like to do is I like the, I like putting on shows. I like producing and managing shows and, when we reopened last April, that was a very joyous moment. And then uh, gave you enough time to uh, edit and curate the book as well. 
That's true. That's true. I was grateful for that that bit of time just to note the book because it's the product of the comedy community and most of the people who contributed did contribute for free. Author proceeds are going back towards this charity, Comedy Gives Back, which is a great organization based in LA that helps out comedians that are struggling with mental health or medical issues, or they've been for the past couple of years providing COVID relief funds to comedians. Because obviously a comedian's um, income, it depends a lot on live shows and touring and that could shut down for 14 months. So they were, Comedy Gives Back was giving out relief funds, financial aid, and um, they were helping the comedy community. And because the comedy community was helping this book project, it kind of turned into this circular thing where the book will now go back to helping them. That is an excellent layer on top of all of this to know that not only was the work going into it done for the book from everyone, but also it's going to a great cause. Yeah. If someone wants to connect with you online, where can they do so? My handle on Instagram is Gabe.Henry with two Ys. Twitter is the same thing with an underscore at the front, but also connect through the Littlefield website. I answer the generic email list. If anyone's interested in putting on shows, booking at littlefieldnyc.com. Yeah, I, I encourage people to reach out. Excellent. So you heard that he wants you to reach out. Um, and the book is available everywhere, pretty much. Everywhere the books are sold. Exactly, everywhere. Find your local independent bookstore. Buy it and order it. Well, Gabe, thank you for joining the Briefly podcast today. It's appreciated. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you for joining me today for this podcast edition of The Briefly. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and pretty much anywhere you hear podcasts or thebriefly.com. Also, wherever you're hearing this right now. Listen to this. That is still the sound of no music for this podcast. If you think you have music that'll be a great fit for the show, I do want to hear it. Send it to thebriefly at gmail.com. If you have suggestions for future guests or perhaps would like to come on the show yourself, you can also email me at thebriefly at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the email newsletter, which comes out Tuesdays, Fridays, and Sundays as well. And once again, I would like to thank you for listening. I'm Rob Blatt, and we'll talk again next edition.